holy shit, sovereigns, we have hit 200 episodes of the Crown Yourself podcast, formerly the Princess and the Bee. I am so honored to be here with you. Thank you so much for your listenership. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for the heaps of reviews you you guys just keep leaving. I am so honored and so grateful for you. This podcast would not be possible without you, without you sharing this with the friends, without you getting those divine downloads that are like, oh, you need to share this with so-and-so, or you need to give this to your business partner, or you need to have your your best friend listen to this, or you need to share this in a, in a Facebook community. Like, I am blown away, you guys, by this. And I am so honored to be here with you, sharing in this experience of 200 episodes as my queen team says, like to the next 200, let's go. I am so excited because this next 200 is going to be doubling down on your sovereignty and giving you the tools, the strategies, and bringing you even more spiritual and esoteric concepts that have really been able to transform my life and that I see every day transforming my clients' lives. And I am so honored to be here with you. Thank you so, so much. I could not have thought of a better topic for today's episode than how to get what you want. Whatever it is that you want to achieve or receive or have in life, this podcast can help you with that on how to get crystal mother freaking clear on what it is that you want. I am blown away by you. Thank you so much for your reviews, for sharing your this podcast, for opening up your hearts and giving me your questions so that I can help support you and serve you with my own, like Liam Neeson says, special set of skills. Thank you so much for 200 amazing episodes. We did it to the next 200. Let's fucking go. I'll see you in the episode. Welcome to the Crown Yourself Podcast, where together we build your empire and transform your subconscious stories about what's possible for your business, body, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm a master mindset coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, known to my clients as a game changer. Each week, you get the conscious leadership strategies you need to help you reign with courage, clarity, and confidence so that you too can make the income and impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your royal invitation to step into your full potential and reign in your divine purpose. Your sovereignty starts here and your reign is now. Hello, my fellow sovereigns. I know it's been a while, hasn't it? I have been on such a journey with my own development that I've kind of been in this little chrysalis of awakening of different tools. I got my master prac in NLP certification. I got my master prac in timeline therapy and hypnosis. And now I'm doing this very intensive mastermind with my mentor just for accelerated personal evolution, learning how to work with the higher conscious mind and combine it with the unconscious mind and your conscious mind. And so accessing just an entirely different realm of abilities, tools, and dare I say technologies, because when you are able to do something repeatedly, that's a technology. And so technologies that our minds are capable of, and that I am so excited to share with and use and help to teach to, to support you 
in growing and evolving your belief system so that you too can believe that anything is freaking possible. And this morning, and my uh, mentor would probably say that doing this podcast right now is avoiding me doing my homework. So we're just all going to consciously agree that that is the case. And then we're going to make a conscious choice that I am avoiding for the next 20 minutes so I can be here with you. And then I will get right back to doing my homework. But I wanted to come on because I just felt, you know, when you feel the message coming through and you start ruminating on something, you're like, I have to share this. I have to serve this with this. I have to use this. I have to, they got to know. So uh, just, you know, it's that, it's that epic feeling of desire to serve. And it's this one piece that has just, I've been ruminating on as I have been onboarding more and more clients for our communication queens agency and it doesn't matter whether it is for our agency or for my coaching business no one no one absolutely no one in the history of six years of coaching and i am going to venture to say that i am not the only one who has seen this in my industry of coaching consulting education you know growth mindedness personal development all that i'm going to venture to say that i'm not the only one no one no one in the history of my coaching business which is now going on six years has ever said to me that they want normal no one has said it in their application to work with me no one has said it in their coaching kickoff packet which is like this giant packet that my clients go through that goes through some deep work that dives into everything so i really really know them and how their the construct of their minds works and their current belief system and their current construct of reality so i can see how to shake certain frames to get them the results that they desire because obviously if you if you want to have something new or you want to do something new in your reality, you're going to have to change who you be. And people get very comfortable in their constructs. But not in six years of any coaching session, no coaching session, has anyone ever said that they wanted normal? No one. Nor do I believe that it will ever be used for anyone. I don't think anyone has said that yet. Now, I may be wrong, and I am fully happy to be proven wrong. But what I see is that normal is not something anyone wants. And even when people say that they want normal, like even if, let's say hypothetically, that someone says, I just want to be normal. Like, do you? Now, sometimes that can come from the place that you're standing out. And that's very much the, in Australia, they call it the tall poppy syndrome, where, you know, all the poppies are the same height. And then there's that one. And then the poppies literally like cut it down and strangle that poppy and bring it down back to the height of everyone else. In America, it's called the crabs in a bucket. I think it's another idiom in the UK that's different. Um, and I know that there's one in South Africa that's a different idiom. That's, But it means the same thing. It's like, if you put one crab in a bucket, it'll crawl out because the environment does not, does not cause it to feel, the, get pulled back. So if it wants something, it goes for it. But if you put a crab in a bucket with multiple crabs, as one crab tries to crawl out of the bucket, the environment that it is in will try to pull it back down. Same with tall poppy syndrome. So even though if you have ever said, like, I just want to be normal, because I know I've said that myself, 
I've never said that in the past six years because I recognize my abnormalities and my desire for being extraordinary rather than ordinary. But if you've ever, I remember when I was like in high school, 16, 17 years old, I would be like, I just want to be normal because I was the high achiever. I was the one who was doing plays and putting on productions and wanting to like go for goals. And back then I was wanting to work in Hollywood. And I was like, I just wanted to leave high school so badly and just immediately go to work in the entertainment industry. I was a hustler. I immediately out of high school, I got an internship at an agency. I got some training, obviously, because now I'm launching my own agency. Um, it, it all comes, it's all cyclical. It all, it's coming back. And I, I got work as a screenwriter, as a script reader. So for a production company, I read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scripts and wrote tons of uh, pages of uh I forget what they call it now, but it's where you basically write the review of the script. So like everybody's script of their like dream. And I felt very responsible for that. I was like, I'm holding these people's babies in, in my hands and letting them know if their baby is worth getting produced and going on to the next stage because and some were just um, some were just atrocious. But I was very I was as kind as I could be. But there was somewhere I just had to tell my producers like, yeah, that one, the plot completely drops off. And so, yeah. So just know that some if if you want to go down the screenwriting path and Hollywood is your dream, like it's not you personally, nor is it your skill set. It could be some 18 year old who's reviewing your work, who just reviews it and reads it through their perception. So keep going, keep going, whatever you're doing. Back in high school, though, I wanted to be normal. I was like, I was the one who stood out. I felt so different. I felt so odd. And here's the thing. That's the funny thing about the ego. The ego swings this pendulum from grandiose to absolutely worthless. So I was in the space where I felt like I just, I normal for me was wanting to come back into that middle ground. And I felt either super grandiose, like I have these ambitions. Notice the language, right? I have these ambitions. I have this and no one around me else has that. Now that could be true. Like what I noticed from my perceptions as a 16, 17 year old is that most of the other girls who were in my high school were interested in boys and parties and things like that. And, and you know, many were interested in getting good grades, but they had, they had ambitions, but they had different ambitions and that's fine. But even when it was like, I just want to be normal, listen to the language of that, right? I just want to be normal. You don't really want to be normal. You just want to settle. Like, that's really what it is. You want to settle for something that's anything less than extraordinary. Anything that's not standing out. You don't really want normal. Like, you could even take this in the frame of somebody who maybe had a diagnosis or something. And maybe they don't realize or can't see or haven't even thought of the fact that maybe this experience will lead them into transforming medical institutions or developing new technologies or new life-saving opportunities uh, that could that could result from it. This thing that they're currently struggling with that they've currently been labeled with may turn out to be something that will transform their lives. Like, think about it. Like, if you've survived cancer and now you speak out and you speak for 
the advocacy of those of the rights of those who have gone through what you went through you made it a stake like i have one good friend who's a cancer survivor multiple times and she's gone on and written best-selling books she has created massive companies and she recognizes that her experiences have actually served her to grow her i just want to be normal is a statement that is not being truthful to what it is you really want. What the fuck, pardon my language, is normal? What the fuck is normal? Seriously. Because if you look at one person's model of the world, of all of their experiences of what they grew up in, they're going to think that is normal. Like, for example... I grew up with a dad who had very little boundaries. He had very little boundaries. He had to, that was a lifelong lesson for him. And I didn't realize, like I had friends that would come over, but I wouldn't have lots of friends like come over and all like hang out for long periods. And I thought it was normal for dads to just walk around in their underwear. Like I said, my dad did not have very good boundaries. And I thought that that was a normal thing. And so when my friends, like, they weren't really coming over, I really more often found that I was going over to their houses in order to hang out and play. That made me realize, oh, my God, I thought, oh, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm so not normal. Maybe something's wrong with me. No, it wasn't. It wasn't me. It was the fact that, you know, no one wants their kid going over to a house where the dad is walking around in his underwear. Like, I know I certainly wouldn't allow my kid, like, to play if, if you know, his his friend's dad was hanging out in his underwear drinking a scotch. Like, what not? <laughs> that, But that, to me, was normal. I thought that was normal. And so my model of the world of normalcy was very different than other people's. And your model of the world of what's normal and good and right for you is in your in the current model of what your current of your current circumstances of your current environment. That is what you perceive to be normal. And so Desiring to be normal is a statement that is in relationship to the environment that you're in. It's a relationship. So normalcy is based on the environment in which you live. Now, that environment can be your immediate family. That environment can be your communities. That environment can be your political party of what you believe that, oh, this is normal to believe and why don't those other guys believe it? That environment can be your religion of like, this is what's normal to believe and why don't those other guys believe it? The normalcy is dictated by your environment. Your environment are the people, places, things that you are surrounding yourself with. Your standard of normalcy can be based on you know, the people on the interwebs in the metaverse of like, oh, this is normal to be achieving all the time, to be having all these successes. Everyone's posting all this success. And why don't I feel like I have it yet? And so you see, oh, I just want to be normal and I want to have this success. Well, actually, success is pretty extraordinary. Like if you really do achieve something that is successful for you, that's extraordinary because in the way that I define success, success is a combination of of 
wealth, fulfillment, family, bodily success. It's holistic. It's not, it's not this just like, oh, I just, you know, I won an award. Like that's not success to me. Success is, is uh, something that you live every day. But that's my definition. So defining what is success for you. But if you're seeing all these people on the social medias who are posting about their achievements, I wouldn't call it success, but um, achievements can be a part of success, but I wouldn't call it holistically success. And you think, oh, that's normal to be achieving on a daily basis at that level. Then perhaps you can feel like you're not normal and that your standard of normalcy is a level of achievement that you have not yet had. But really, the statement, I just want to be normal, presupposes that you are comparing yourself to something else. The statement, I just want to be normal, presupposes that you are comparing where you are to what you deem to be normal. And typically, most people don't want normal. Like they really don't want it. They want it because it's a comparison, but they don't realize what it is specifically within that comparison that they think that they want. So you got to be really clear. What is it that you actually really want? Like what is normal compared to what? Like for me, I wanted a normal household. I realized that I wanted a household where my husband or the father of my children, when my children, when their kids' friends come over, like my husband is completely dressed. <laughs> and yeah, Spike, Spike, when I told him that he was like, oh my God, you thought it was you that whole time. I did. I, I believe for years that it was me because they were my friends who didn't want to come over to my house. You know, it's interesting, our belief systems, right? But normal is not really something that it, it presupposes comparisonism. And normal also is something we typically settle for. So to give you an example, outside of my <laughs> wacky childhood, um, for example, when you say you want a goal and you decide that you're changing your prices to $10,000 and you are now, you bare minimum to work with you $10,000. Good for you, by the way. Like, good for you. And... Then suddenly within your reality, as soon as you make that decision of like, this is what I want, this is what I'm going to get, this is this is what I'm worth, this is what my services are worth. By the way, I, I never used a term like you price what you're worth. You're priceless, babe. You're not a hooker. Like You're not charging for you. You're charging for your services. Let's be clear. You are priceless. But you're charging for what your services are worth. You're charging for what your time, education experience level, all the things that you have learned, done, experienced, clumped into one beautiful coaching package or consulting package for $10,000. Good for you. That's it. That's what you, it takes to work with you, period. And then what happens? I guarantee this happens. <laughs> this will happen. This happened every time I've raised my prices, every time. And what happens? Suddenly, an opportunity comes your way to get a $2,000 client or a $5,000 client or an $8,000 client. And it's not completely what it is that you said that you want. It's, I mean, $2,000 and $10,000 are very different. 
But you say said 10000 But you are getting $2,000 would be nice. It'd be a nice little boost for your bank account, right? If you accept the $2,000, you are declaring to your unconscious mind, which is the goal getter, your conscious mind's the goal setter, your unconscious mind is the goal getter, because as soon as you put that goal in your timeline, as soon as you make that goal, suddenly you have all the possible, your unconscious mind goes to work at like all the different ways it can like manifest that goal. And one of the ways is, hey, will you settle for this? And if you do, you are declaring to your unconscious mind that what you want is not what you want. It's okay to not get what you want and you're willing to settle. How far you're willing to settle is up to you. The same is true in relationships. So let's say you just want a normal relationship. To give you a personal example, I'll share the story of my ex. So when I was 16 years old, I... Like, I love stories. I personally, I'm just going to share the story because I love and learn from stories. That's just how I work. That's how my brain works. So hopefully that works for you as well. And I wrote when I was 16 years old, I wrote about 50 qualities that I wanted in my ideal partner and put the book away. I think it was a moment of like divine inspiration because it was like wise beyond years. And I put the book away. Didn't see it for a while. Really should have looked at it through my dating history when <laughs> throughout my early 20s. And then I met my ex. And I didn't, again, look at it. But I saw a few qualities that were really attractive. Like my ex was in the military. And I saw that he had a steady paycheck. So I wasn't going to have to be paying for him for things like I did with my other boyfriend, who was a bit of a moocher. Interesting how that manifested. Um, he had a steady job. So steady paycheck, steady job, there was certainty. So I figured that because there was monetary certainty, that that meant certainty in the relationship. Oh, no, 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 no. No, he and I were a bit, uh, it was, it was not pretty. Like, it was an emotional roller coaster, just like strap in, put your arms up and like, woo. And, but it was because they, he had a few qualities, not all 50, but a few qualities that I really thought were attractive. Like he had money in his bank account. He had a job. He was making money. He um, supported my ambitions or so he thought. I didn't realize that working, some people say they want the, uh, to work to have an entrepreneur as a partner and then they don't realize that when you're coming from an employee job where you're used to clocking in, clocking out, you're done at five. Like when when you're done, you're done. When you're freelancing, because back then I was freelance screenwriting, or you're, you have your own business, you are working all the time. Like I, I would take, have projects that I would take home. I would have to drop off a script with my producers at like 10 o'clock at night. That's how my business was set up back then. Not anymore. I'm very much asleep by 10 o'clock at night. But I had these qualities that were obviously still attractive to him. Otherwise, we wouldn't have ran off and eloped and gotten married and then had a catastrophe at 23. So I had these qualities and he was adventurous. He liked to travel. He rode a motorcycle. I thought that was really cool. 
I have a bit of, as I'm seeing manifested in my in my youngest son, Colton, a bit of an adventure side. Like I've bungee jumped. I've ridden on uh, the back of a motorcycle. Never actually driven a motorcycle yet. That's that's on my list. Spike said I, uh, <laughs> Spike says I'm not allowed to do it until um, the babies are fully grown adults and I've done my job as a mom. It's like who's to say I you know I wouldn't be doing my job as a mom on a motorcycle. And he's like. Not if you're in a body bag. So I will hold off on that dream for right now. I mean, come on. If I won't allow my kids to have a motorcycle, heesh. Not right now, obviously, but like the thought of them being on a motorcycle, I'm like, oh, God, no. So anyways, so my ex had a lot of qualities, but he didn't have all 50. And so when I married him, it was very much a declaration of the universe of this is what I will accept. This is the behavior I will accept. I will accept constant fighting. I will accept this uh, cantankerous, emotionally explosive, occasionally abusive relationship. It was just so volatile. And I'll accept having money in the bank and having a steady paycheck and having food in the refrigerator. Um, Not to say that I didn't have food in the refrigerator. I just was always super busy that like I would buy carrots and hummus and cans of tuna. And like I was totally fine living on that in my early 20s. Like Spike is horrified at that. The thought of that. He's such a gourmet foodie. I'm like, I just it's functional. (laughs) Provided exactly what I needed. Protein, carbs and veggies. So but that was that was what I settled for. And that was my normal. I was very used to growing up in an emotionally and and being in an emotionally unstable environment. My normal was comparable to my environment. And I accepted what I thought was normal. And instead of going for the entire 50 of what I wanted, fast forward one divorce (laughs) later and meeting Spike And six months into dating him, I find out that I look back at the list and two of the things are null and void because back then uh, when I wrote the list, back when I was 16, I was very much afraid of the consequences of sin because I grew up in a fundamentalist Christian household. And so I was very much afraid of not being a virgin until marriage. That didn't quite, (laughs) didn't make that one happen. So that one got null and void because i thought i had this beautiful idea of like my husband and i coming together for the first nope (laughs) not when you marry a man who's 19 years older than you um yes we both were had had our fair share of experiences so that one was kind of null and void for both of us and then the only other one that spike didn't really make was having an amazing relationship with my mother-in-law Now, my mother-in-law had passed even before Spike and I got together, even before Spike, I was even a thought in Spike's mind for, you know, a new partner. He, his mother died back when he was married to his ex-wife. And so those two ones were basically null and void. But who's to say I don't have a loving, amazing, uh, fantastic relationship with my mother-in-law? I mean, she's a spirit. She's out there in consciousness. So... Maybe I already do. Maybe I did get that one. And so 48, 48 out of 48, pretty damn good. No longer decided to settle. So it comes down to you. Do you really want what you say you want? What do you want? And what are you saying you're willing to settle for? Do you really want normal? Because everybody who comes to work with me, everybody who listens to my podcast, 
I would venture to say, again, totally willing to be wrong, but I would venture to say that normal is not why you are seeking personal growth. If you look around and you see what the normal is, normal does not seem that appealing. It is normal to be overweight. 70% of Americans are either overweight or severely obese, and it's getting close to 80% now. It's normal to be in a job that you hate and then blitz yourself on the weekend. Thank God it's Friday. It is normal, as, and by normal, I mean culturally acceptable. These things are normal, but they will not lead to an extraordinary life. When, when did we decide that what is perceived to be normal is normal? Because so far as I can tell that the people who are seeking out growth, they don't want to be normal. They want to be extraordinary. They want to go on to do extraordinary things. And being extraordinary also means you will be faced with challenges. So if you want to be normal, you're more than welcome to be. But if you want to be extraordinary, you will be faced with the challenges like holding your boundary and not taking the $2,000 client when you say that you are worth, that your services are worth 10. Like holding your boundary when it comes to your relationship and not going on that third, fourth, fifth, 20th, marrying the guy who only hits a few of your core needs, wants, desires in a relationship. Same with goes for your body. People with extraordinary bodies, you're like, damn, they look good. I guarantee you that they are taking some extra care over their physical health. Normal is not what we're aspiring to. It's not aspirational. It's not motivational. And I know sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow when sometimes we really just want to settle. But sometimes normal is pretty fucked up. So my question to you is, what are you settling for? What do you really want? What do you really, really want? Not just like wanting to want, because there's a difference between like, what do you want? And when you want something like wanting to build a business means you're going out there, you're talking to people, you are making sales conversations, you are making offers to have people pay you for your products and services. That's wanting it. Wanting to want it is like, oh, it'd be really nice to have a business with freedom and let me like help this person and maybe then they'll give me a referral and let me post some nice things on social media and look at how nice of a business owner I, I seem to be. But then looking at the bottom result of your bank account and seeing nothing and settling is when you're like, oh, I guess the business thing didn't work out. I'll just go back to my job. You just declared to the universe what you'll settle for. So whether you want to start a business or have a kick-ass body or scale your business or have an amazing, passionate, loving relationship or be an amazing mother, these are all choices. What do you want and what do you settle for? And if you recognize that in some area of your life you have been settling, that's okay. We all have those areas. I settled for making less than six figures for a couple years in my business. Years. And now I'm like, oh no, mama don't got time for that. <laughs> because I had to be really honest with myself that I was settling. So I would see these beautiful 
influencers and people who started their business at the same time I did, and they're off doing multiple multiple million dollar years. And I'm like, what the, the heck? What the heck? And then now I just realized, oh, fuck. I've been settling for multiple six figures. <laughs> if you had told me that I would say that six years ago, <laughs> I would have been like, what do you mean settling? <laughs> I would have thought you were crazy. But I've been settling. Because really, what I really want is much more than that. Because I know that with multiple millions, you can impact multiple millions of lives. And that's what I'm here to do. So if you like this episode, if this resonated with you, if you're like so done with A, normalcy, and B, settling, and you really want to declare what you want, then declare it and share this episode and send it free to serve somebody else as well. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of my world, a part of this kingdom. And I am very honored to have served you today. As always, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and start creating a bigger impact now by sharing this with a friend. Just by doing that one simple act of kindness, you are creating a royal ripple to support more people in their sovereignty. And if you're not already following on social media, connect with me everywhere at crownyourself.now for more inspiration. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Because today, you crown yourself.